0: The Exit Fifty Two Podcast, presented by Jimmy Seafood Instant Analysis Sunday Night. Are we all dancing? We're dancing. We're
1: dancing. After a Ravens
0: <laughs> after a Ravens twenty eight to three victory over the Cleveland Browns, and I'm here with Banks. I'm here with Spenny. Uh, we were able to watch the game together. Uh, it was a lovely time we had this afternoon. And guys, a pretty routine win your Baltimore Ravens. Um, I'm of two minds about this, and then I'll send it to you guys for overall thoughts. When you get the news in the pregame that Deshaun Watson is not going to play, this game took on a very different shape in terms of the expectations. It becomes a very expected victory, I think, for the Ravens once you have kind of an unproven young quarterback in the game. And I'm of like two thoughts about that. One, it's hard to get wins in the NFL. So if the other team's going to not have their starting quarterback, it feels a lot better. Um, but of two, it felt like kind of a prove it game to just beat the Browns with Deshaun Watson, whatever you think about Deshaun Watson in a variety of levels. Um, it feels like more of a statement when you beat him that way. But look, you need wins. The Ravens have a bunch of guys injured, and getting any type of win is nice. Um, but by the, I think by the, like the fourth part of the fourth quarter, the third quarter, I turned to somebody, it may have been Eubanks, and I said, are we kind of discuss this like, all right, this like, like, They could just – we were in rider mode. You were like, let's just take off the caps and concede this game. Like, the the Browns just walk off the field. Like, the game is over. They have no chance to win. Um, So, in that way, it wasn't like an energetic finish. We were, like, fired up after the game. But the Ravens did what they needed to do and played very well. Spenny, what are your thoughts? The
1: Ravens, as you said, Taylor, game day – get the Deshaun Watson is out notification. Josina Anderson, I believe shout out to the girl, the, the ball. She's, she low key is like number one Baltimore insider of like the national insiders. I feel like lately, but says that, Hey, Deshaun Watson is going to be out and you ultimately think, okay, well, Dorian Thompson Robinson, you think the last week, okay, Hey, they played a backup quarterback. And I think the, the Ravens defense did a great job against Gardner Minshew, but Dorian Thompson Robinson, he's a rookie. In his first start, whether he was the number one overall pick or whether he was, you know, an undrafted free agent, but he does add a little different element. He is not that Deshaun Watson's not mobile, a little bit quicker, a little bit more explosive, a little faster. Taylor, you and I talked about this when we were at Mothers watching the game. We we're like, he has a cannon, we know that. We know he can run a little bit. So with the Ravens, you know, not really expecting or preparing, it could have been. Most likely, most likely outcome for a John Harbaugh-led Ravens team against a rookie quarterback is that they're going to beat his butt, and they ended up beating his butt. But you're not sure that that's going to happen, especially when you're not preparing for that guy. Maybe the Browns come out and hit you with a couple things you weren't expecting. Simply wasn't the case. But first thought is just, hey, that's a, a different look than you were expecting. Hopefully the Ravens are able to do what they've done over time and beat the crap out of a rookie quarterback um the the like worst nightmare that i have dating back the last few years of a ravens rookie quarterback faces like they lost a mitch trubisky a few years ago in a really weird game but generally they just whoop up on rookie quarterback so it was like all right the browns defense is getting a lot of hype people were talking about deshaun watson who statistically in the box score i thought had a very nice game you'll look at his stats he has like a 120 passer rating and couple touchdowns was like, yeah, it was a blown coverage and and a pretty easy throw. And he, he played all right, but still maybe didn't look like the, uh, the bow and arrow Clemson Houston, Deshaun Watson of a few years ago, but just gets you, gets you fired up a little bit to see what they can do. And uh, this Ravens defense, you hope when you get that news, will just beat the living crap out of a rookie quarterback in his first NFL start. And they ultimately did. So that's kind of where your thought process is. It's like, is, Dorian Thompson Robinson, who got so much hype in preseason, played so well. Is he some sort of chosen Neo in the Matrix, or is he just another rookie quarterback? So that's kind of where my head was at.
2: Yeah, I, I'm i looking at it in two different ways, and I think they kind of parallel Taylor's sentiment. It's like we can look at this game and try to take takeaways from it and analyze, okay, the Ravens played this game a certain way. They performed. They, they shut down, you know – what was more or less a defunct defense, uh, offense, you know, on the, um, on the other side of the ball, I think there's a lot more takeaways, but then like on the other side, you can just take it for what it is, which is a road division win. And at the end of the day, those are the things that matter at the end of 17 games. And you look back a week ago and like there were a lot of good takeaways, a lot of good plays or a lot of, you know, things that you could feel good about a Ravens Colts game, but ultimately the execution wasn't there and they just didn't play situational football. Well, I thought that they played situational football extremely well today. Um, The cards were kind of cut out for them in the sense of like, Hey, we got the big takeaway with Brandon Stevens, the pick into the red zone. We did a great job of punching that in. We got that seven, nothing lead. And the game was pretty much in control uh, from our end from there. You know, they did drive down the field. They got a fluky three points off of a absurd pass interference call and a terribly thrown ball way behind. um, I I don't even remember. Amari
1: Cooper. I think it was Amari Cooper.
2: It was a joke. I mean, it's such a – one of those throws that's so bad that – the receiver had no choice but to make an adjustment on the ball that just caused a ridiculous flag. But point being, is that we we got that that second touchdown and we knew the situation at hand was that this that offense with that quarterback was simply not going to put up multiple scores on us to come back. Um, that is probably easier said than done, but it says a lot about our defense for you know to to see that situation get after him, cause pressure. Um, Honestly, we probably should have had two or even three more takeaways against him than we actually did. Um, But situationally, from an offensive perspective, like from all angles, we just had control of the game. We knew the situation at hand. We executed from there, and we just took the game to 60 minutes and said, we're going to be on our way. We're going to take our W. We're going to be very happy about it. And, you know, we, we've had this slate here with a bunch of road games in the division in the early going, and we've taken both of them. And next week, we've had a real amazing opportunity to take all three. And with the way the Steelers got romped today, feel pretty good about that game, too. So um, it's a roller coaster of emotions versus the, the absolute frustration and so many emotions of last Sunday, but um, it's hard not to feel good more so about the result, but there are some good takeaways from today's game. And I think that's that's where we should go from here. Yeah, the,
0: it's, you you talked about t- uh, wanting more takeaways. It's crazy that they never, uh, recover fumble against Thompson Robson. just the way he's carrying the ball. Every time he got tackled, I thought he was fumbling. Um, and it just, I like think he fumbled once and he didn't lose it. Um, I, I agree with where both of you guys stand. I think that, um, the one thing I was impressed the most in banks talked about like situational football, I think you just managed this game very well. Yeah. Um, I think Lamar Jackson managed this game very well. Um, you know, when plays were dead or he got sacked, we tucked the ball away. Didn't give the, they just didn't give them any opportunities to kind of get into the game. Um, and when you look at the fact that Thompson Robinson was forced to throw the ball 36 times, I mean, they're just never, the Browns are never winning that game um with the with the as you know spenny said he could be the number one pick in the draft and you know you're having your first start as a work you're just not winning um they obviously truly miss nick chubb if they have nick chubb maybe they have the ability to do some different things offensively um where thompson robinson just doesn't have to carry as much um of the weight there uh but i just loved i, I really loved how the ravens like in a game where you're going in and you know i don't know what the message was pregame but it's i don't probably don't think it was this but it's like All right, if you just do, if you don't really make any big mistakes or multiple big mistakes, you're not losing. Just based on what the Browns had in the chamber with Thompson Robinson, they didn't do, they didn't make any of those mistakes. Um, And, you know, Lamar loses if one fumble, but, you know, didn't throw any picks, you know, pretty much kind of just managed the game as he needed to, and you get out of there with the win. That's kind of what I was the most impressed about. It was kind of a professional performance, um, to put it that way. And that's what you should do against a team that was clearly, clearly undermanned at the quarterback position by a long shot. So you take a division win and and you move on and you feel good about yourself going into next week.
1: You most certainly do. And on the offensive side of the football, the Ravens end up finishing. They, they really didn't dominate the stat sheet when you look at it that way. But in the first half, they controlled the game. Lamar Jackson started to step up. The Ravens 16-13. 16 first down to the Browns 13. The Ravens go four of 12 on third down. Nothing spectacular. Hold the Browns a four of 16. Pretty close there. Both teams convert their only fourth down attempt. Total net yards, the Ravens 296 to the Browns 166. The Ravens were able to run the ball spryly for 131 yards net as opposed to the Browns 93. But then when you go start to break it down and look at possessions and the way that the Ravens open the game, They go three and out with a false start from Morgan Moses punt the ball. I thought Jordan Stout again, Mm. put the Ravens in great positions for the second straight week. Jordan Stout pretty much had a game winning punt last week that didn't end up winning the game, but very well should have based on EPA. He was fourth in the league going into this game. So the Ravens go three and out the Browns punt the ball right back to the Ravens. And then the Ravens punt the ball right back to the Browns before we get that tip pass, Intended for Amari Cooper, Arthur Mallett breaks up a ball a little bit by, uh, I think it was Amari Cooper, pops the ball up in the air, Brandon Stevens. And and here's the thing, you know, tip balls, especially that far downfield, there's a lot of luck that's involved. You happen to be there, but you also have to have your eyes up. You also have to go make the play on the football. So I would say it's mainly luck, but then that was such an exhilarating moment. Brian Taylor were, were there at Mothers, and Brandon Stevens gets a hand on the ball. I'm jumping up and down. He's a four-star running back. Like, before he got up, I'm like, you're a four-star running back. Get up. You're a UCLA running back. Get up and make a play. And Brandon (laughs) Stevens gets all the way down inside the Browns' 10-yard line. I would say that one of the biggest things we've seen, there was a lot of discourse on Todd Munkin, Greg Roman, the state of the offense. They lose to the Colts. They didn't look smooth last week. Todd Munkin, when you go watch those Georgia teams, like Stetson Bennett was a touchdown machine on the ground because they spread the field. They put three receivers on the field. They, they kind of make defenses uncomfortable to put those light boxes in. We see the Ravens use the counter bash back away. That's why it's called bash, B-A, back away. I can't remember if it was Hill or Edwards, one of the two, runs the other way. Then Lamar Jackson has two pullers. And really ends up doing it twice in this game, ultimately, for two touchdowns on the ground to kind of kick things off once the Ravens got started. But able to weaponize defense's own rules against them, it's like Greg Roman laid this nice foundation but didn't know how to make defenses be wrong. It was like, we're going to be right. We're going to run the ball here. We're going to attack. But it feels like Munkin is – using a Zay Flowers in motion at a certain time to be able to draw second-level defenders. And really, for this Browns defense that uh, has been so successful the first couple of weeks, it was the same old story. They couldn't stop power. They couldn't stop counter. If the Ravens pulled guys and had Lamar Jackson as a part of the run game or not, pretty much all day, I mean, Gus Edwards didn't, shock anybody it wasn't like a holy crap deandre swift on the eagles last week you know 170 yards or something like that but it was like oh shit if they want four yards they can go get four yards without a ronnie stanley so we see that in the red zone we see all of those things that they have done probably applied situationally and maybe with a little different personnel and width of the field so much better we saw that early on that lamar jackson touchdown and from there kind of just really felt like Whatever the Ravens wanted to do on the ground, on first down, on second down, sure, the Browns made a couple of plays, you know, stuffed a couple of runs, but were able to consistently go get yards to put themselves in favorable positions. And I think it started after that Brandon Stevens interception. They were like, oh, we run this quarterback counter pretty much. Like, oh, they're, they're still going to be the same old Browns despite Jim Schwartz. So that was pretty shocking to me. I was kind of expecting Jim Schwartz to have a better plan. Uh, it felt like Lamar Jackson checked into things at the line of scrimmage that were not obvious. It was like, oh, the Browns want you to run inside zone, so I'm not going to. So I thought there was a little bit of a, a chess match there, but just a really scintillating performance against a defense that was so hyped up. And the Ravens went and did whatever they wanted pretty much all day on the ground. So that was super fun to watch.
2: Yeah, I think that's that's the biggest takeaway is is okay we knew that the, the the defense which played admirably against that that browns offense with um with the backup in there, is just it was just kind of a broken that's the piece where you could take away what you want but i think the test as always going into the game was like how is this offense has been very very uneven in three weeks going to stand up against a defense that has been nothing short of spectacular um for three weeks and they 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 bullied them they out banned them out you know every every which way when they wanted to go get six yards on first down and shorten the sticks and open up the playbook they did that they did so many good things um and and they didn't get greedy either which i think is really where that situational football piece comes in um you know they they made some splash plays but Lamar also took some sacks where I don't know maybe in some other situations he's got happy feet and he tries to do something that isn't quite there um but there there were a couple broken plays you call them broken plays or or schoolyard plays whatever that were made today that we haven't had maybe as much in the first couple weeks and that's it's the two plays that Jump out to my, or obviously the Zay Flowers downfield, awesome, awesome throw, um, and then the, the 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 toss up there to Andrews in the end zone. I, you know, thinking back to all the different broken, I mean, I keep calling them broken plays, but um, just think on your second plays off script, off. yeah, off just like off script, over. yeah, whatever you want to call them. You're so much better with the terminology there, are than me. But I mean, what a fucking play to Mark Andrews there. Uh, it's just, it's a game changing play. It, there, there's an outside chance there if it's a different tight end or um, if he just doesn't make quite as good a throw, high-pointing that ball there, like where that's a, an interception that gives that other team a bunch of life. And instead, it's a back-breaking touchdown to make it 21-3 and pretty much seal the game. Um, so really encouraging to see the offense move the ball the way they did against a great defense. Um, and then also just kind of do the job that needed to be done there to just kind of, I mean, the second half, exactly what you said, Taylor. Like, I was saying, like, hey, with, with guys dropping like flies on honestly both sides, it was like, hey, we got to just shake hands and be like... Yeah, Miles, Miles so Garrett gets just, hurt,
0: and it's like, what are, yeah. what are we still doing out here? This game is we so had had wild.
2: a couple guys hurt before that, where it was like, okay, now they got guys getting hurt. I think this is where they should be looking us in the eye and be like, hey, let's just... Let's
0: yeah, be on our like, way here. It felt like... You know, I was sort of hoping the Ravens would just like dominate the Browns in the second half and beat them by 30, but they never shifted out of second gear in the second half. They were just like, we're done. Um, We're just going to kind of roll through the rest of this game. The other Lamar throw I wanted to talk about was the, I think he rolled out to his left and just kind of like pop the ball to to Melvin uh, Gordon down the Ooh. sideline. Ooh. That was a ridiculous – like, he never really – talk about gears. He never really felt like he ever was in fourth year today. And then those two plays for me were the two times where it was like, oh, wait, I'm still Lamar Jackson. I'm still going to make this, like, impossible throw. Um, honestly, obviously, this the Andrews was also very much about Andrews, who was able to go up there and just high point and take it away. But the throw to Melvin Gordon down the sidelines. I think, Spenny, you were behind me and you were like, what a freaking ball, or something like that. Like it was just, it was just one of those plays that that only he can make mm. as Spenny falls away
2: from him. Awesome, area. awesome. I'll drop in too, and he he made that throw also where he he kind of the the pocket collapsed, and he went hard right, and he threw across his body to Mark yeah. Andrews, which is just like. <laughs> No, no offensive coordinator or head coach is, is recommending anybody to make that kind of play, but that's just a Lamar Jackson play. And also Mark Andrews play. Slip that tackle, turn it into like a good chunk gain there for 25-30 yards.
1: One of the things I talked about in the preview episode, I ended up doing with Corey Kennedy Browns wire was I thought whichever team generated more explosive plays offensively, I thought would handle this game. And hey, I wasn't expecting, you know, Dorian Thompson Robinson to come in. In the second quarter, so, so let me read off the, the Ravens' four most explosive plays created in this game. 36 seconds left in the second quarter. Lamar Jackson passed deep right to Zay Flowers. Whistler pins him on the sideline, gets down there. 46 yards. Or excuse me, 43 yards. 36 yards. Lamar Jackson passed short left to Mark Andrews. Andrews rumbled through Greg Newsome. Created some space. Was a little nerve-wracking. You see a Browns DB go try to hawk the ball out. Andrews had good ball security. Second quarter, 23 yards. Lamar Jackson pass short left. Melvin Gordon out of bounds for 23 yards. Second quarter, Melvin Gordon left guard rushing attempt, 22 yards. Four plays over 20 yards in that second quarter was backbreaking and demoralizing to a defense that has prided themselves on holding turf, not allowing those explosive plays. They do a lot of a big play to Pickens a couple of weeks ago, but lamar jackson who fumbled early miles garrett gets a sack for the fourth straight week the ravens get stripped in their own territory able to jump on the ball but feel a little conservative feel a little uh uh-oh we've seen this able to then go watch lamar jackson navigate the pocket and just move at a different speed it it sounds really elementary to say, but it's just like, you can kind of tell when he has it and when he doesn't. And he usually has it more than he doesn't. Like you can tell that he is up ahead of the pass rush. He can see it coming a little bit. He moves ahead of them, scrambles, buys time, pushes the ball, those kinds of things. It's just like, I don't know after the, you know, this is year six for Lamar Jackson with the Ravens. Just like, you can kind of just see when he has it or doesn't in a way of how he navigates the pocket pass rush, And once he had it, he killed them in the second quarter. He looked like a superstar. He is a superstar. And that caps off, really, to me, the heat check, NBA street game-breaking throw to Mark Andrews at the end of the half there into double coverage. Big body, 10 of those, Rick Ross over Denzel Ward, who's playing like the top corner in the NFL, just pins a ball into Mark Andrews' hands like – A jugs machine made by chat GPT and Elon Musk (laughs) couldn't have put a ball in a better place than where he put that. And then you see Mark Andrews, who has scorned the Browns. That was his his second touchdown was his ninth touchdown against the Cleveland Browns in his career. The most of any active player demolishes them. It shades of the 2019 season. I think maybe week 15 at the end of the first half there, the Ravens are losing. And then they just bam, bam, Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews. Bam, bam. It felt like that. And John Harbaugh, you know, in this game moves a 25 and six against the Browns. It was just like, man, when Lamar Jackson has it, he has it and you don't. And you're starting a you know, late round pick rookie and his first start doesn't even, like I said, doesn't matter if it's the first overall pick in the draft, but started moving at a different speed. And you mentioned that mesh rail route to Melvin Gordon, man, who haters include me, one of them, when the Ravens signed him. You know the guy who fumbles the ball a lot big Ten guy Wisconsin dominant you know he's had a nice career older back but rumbled in this game a couple times rumbled last week a couple times that ball pretty that good in this game route. yeah yeah he looked good in this game he did and he, he looked good in pass pro last week I would say of the backs that the Ravens have he's probably the most confident and uh, best back in terms of blitz pickup that they have looks a little bigger a little older it's kind of like Odell Beckham a little different but it's like okay he's not this young spry guy quite as much but he's bigger and stronger and like has some grown man strength to him at this point but lamar jackson in that second quarter just incinerated the cleveland browns and it it reminded me a lot of that 2019 week 15 i think game and it was just a joy to watch overall and man We've seen him look like that two out of the last three weeks in teams in Ohio against the Ravens division, AFC North opponents. They go to Pittsburgh, pretty much Ohio. Pretty much Ohio. I'll fucking say it. Pretty much Ohio. So if you get that out of Lamar Jackson again, you're looking ahead to the Steelers. And I mean, the Ravens are three and one. You maybe think you might have been two and two after today. But if you're able to go play like that on the road, and I do think the Ravens are, I'm going to, my official. Shout out to Black Eyed Susan Spices hot take of the episode. Check out their death by chocolate sauce, their red flag sauce. Code EXIT52 for 10% off at BlackEyedSusanspices.com. The Ravens are a road team. They're not a fucking home team anymore. They always put up spitty, putzing performances at home. The Colts game last week. Even the Texans game, I'll lump into that. Even, let's talk about the Falcons game last year at home. Let's talk about the Steelers game last year. But... They go into two divisional opponents' houses, and Lamar Jackson shreds them to death. So I'm saying the Ravens are officially a road team until proven otherwise. But, man, that was, again, for the second time in three weeks against a divisional opponent, a quarter-billion-dollar quarterback that looked like a quarter-billion-dollar quarterback, capped off by that Mark Andrews touchdown. That was so sexy. Just not going to beat that. You can't.
0: It couldn't have been better. So it was fun to watch. Let's move this to the comment that banks has on his little subhead um, under his name. Does this team run the, the table in the AFC North at this point, they've now won. I think what would have been projected as, you know, maybe the two harder home games in the Steelers game. I think the Browns and the, um, and the Bengals coming into the year, just with the two quarterbacks they have, those are, you would think those are probably two harder games to win. Steelers very good defensively. Can he pick goes down to they looked very, they looked bad today. Um, against the Texans. And after that, it's all home games. You get all of your road games out in the first, you know, however many five or six weeks this is, it sets up perfectly. If they can get past Pittsburgh next week to then just sweep three home games, which is what you're expected to do. Do they sweep these AFC North games banks? It's a big
2: ask. I mean, I need like, like what Spencer just said us on the road where we seem to be playing like dogs on the road. And, Um, maybe a little bit like house cats at home. Um, so of course that story is very much unwritten, but I'm licking my chops. That's really what this is about. These were supposed to be the two toughest more or less. Um, obviously Pittsburgh is always a dogfight. Um, and that's a team that, as I mentioned, just got bullied today. Um, but I like, I'm looking out ahead and I'm fired up, man. I'm so fired up to just see what this team can take it from here. And there's a little bit of a nasty taste in the mouth about not being four and zero, but I think three and one through this stretch was, um, you know, a record that we probably would have taken if it was offered to us going into the season. And if we could pick out the games even better, like, yeah, like never feels good to lose to the Indianapolis football team, but all things considered, if we can get, go get these road games, and have the AFC North play out the way it has so far, like, we're – I mean, this is a dream. Like, it's things are awesome for the Ravens right now. And it's all right there in front of us to go and take it. So, um, you know, Kenny Pickett and the Steelers seem like they've got a training room and some things to figure out here. But we go and get that one next week. And, man, like, November, December, like, we should be out for blood. We should be looking to kill – kill, 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 and just destroy the division, get this thing over with early even, you know. And I I know that's getting ahead of ourselves because it's a long season, but it's hard not to think about that because these – some of these divisional games that we've squandered over the last handful of years have come back to bite us, and we're taking care of business early.
0: Spending your thoughts on that projection of trying to run the table in the AFC North.
1: The thing I've tried to glue myself to this year is what quarterback, what head coach is best. That's the bets I'm picking. That's the teams I'm picking. And I think that's the way football is kind of designed right now, which quarterback can perform in situational football and which head coach or which coaching staff has their guys situationally prepared, has the right game plan, understands where to attack. And if you look around the AFC North right now, Again, and, and hey, it's any given Sunday. We just watched the Titans take the Bengals to the woodshed, 27-3. to 3. We watched the, the Texans take the Steelers to the woodshed. But I'm looking at Lamar Jackson. He is performing through a quarter of the season. It's not technically a quarter. A quarter of the season at a higher level than anyone else in the AFC North, more consistently than anyone else in the AFC North. The Ravens are down six, seven, eight guys throughout, and it doesn't matter a ton. They're still competitive. They have guys stepping up. To me, that says you have the program, the institution in place, the game plan in place, the preparation and the depth in place to win football games. So I'm going, yes, the Ravens are going to win the division. They were my preseason pick to win the division. And I don't think they really, uh, Jack Settleman, we we do the, the jumbo set, Jake and I, Jack Settlement made a great point. If you look ahead on any book that carries multi week, month, like down the road favorites, the Ravens are favorited right now in every game until San Francisco on Christmas. They were, before they lost to the Colts, favorited. They did that only game that changed was this upcoming matchup. They end up being favorites before kickoff because of the Watson injury, but favorited all the way through and not considering Marlon Humphreys coming back. Marcus Williams is coming back. Adafio is coming back. They signed Kyle Van Noy. They have Jadevian Clowney. We would be remiss, I think, on this podcast not to at least mention what Jadevian Clowney did to the Browns today. Ooh. Hit Dorian Thompson Robinson four times, at least three times, had multiple tackle for losses, was crossing face, being dominant throughout that game, uh, forcing turnovers elijah moore i I think one other thing while i'm just kind of ranting one thing i do want to make sure we touch on the the browns get the ball in great position as a result of a the banks you mentioned the deep pass interference and then elijah moore turns around and runs 20 yards backwards like that's not a fucking well-coached team (laughs) it's not a well-coached team a a well-coached team isn't running 25 yards backwards last week deshaun watson threw the football backwards to elijah moore and they got away with it they end up winning that game but mistakes those are mistakes and and the ravens have fumbled some balls i will say the the other side of the coin is that i'll I'll knock on the old the old fake oak here but lamar jackson hasn't really put the ball in danger through the air like he's not making stupid throws really consistently at all has put the ball in harm's way i think twice now through the air passing the ball a good bit so the fumbles stink the the handoff to justice hill was botched but Oh. That, that was ugly. We were we were pretty upset oh. about that early in that game. That was pretty ugly. But to overcome that on the road, I think, still speaks volumes. And, and hey, it was just a rookie quarterback. Um, the Ravens haven't exactly at the same time beaten a Patrick Mahomes, a Tua Tagovailoa, a Josh Allen, a Justin Herbert, a Jalen Hurts. So a little more to be tested out of this defense. But right now, man, I mean, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen and Kyle Hamilton are just fucking lighting offenses up. On the offensive side of the football, you know, you might have an average day. It feels like this. It's like, all right, against the Colts, you had an average day. You were maybe outgunned a little. They outschemed you. You were still in that game. You should have won that game. And then today, you watch Lamar Jackson go supernova and incinerate, obliterate, annihilate, 8 any 8, any A-T-E in the English language, the Cleveland Browns. So it was a lot of fun to watch. And I think the Ravens can definitely walk away with this division and will do so.
0: Yeah, I would agree with both of you. I think I think it would be hard to to project, you know, running the table. I think they'll lose one of these games. But just because we haven't seen the consistency from them yet to think that they're gonna just come out every single week and be able to take care of business. But as you said, Spenny, the the way that the schedule starts to line up for them in a way, um, well, they where they can kind of get out and run. Obviously, there's not a bunch of gimmies. Um you still have some tough games on here against some some frisky to good teams. Um, obviously, you know, at the back end of that, you have a three-week stretch with the Jags, the 49ers, and the Dolphins. The Jags have not been as good as everyone yesterday thought they are going to be, but they're not going to be an easy team to beat on the road. And the 49ers and Dolphins are absolute box office games based on how those two teams have played. The Dolphins obviously took, you know, kind of a beating today, but, you know, they're pretty legit. So the the divisional games are kind of like the easiest games they have. Uh, I know the Car- the Cardinals are on there and a Titans team that, you know, looked good today, but has struggled beyond that are on there. But you look at these divisional games and it's like, those are the games, not only, you know, you're trying to win to get ahead in the division, but are also like your easiest games on the schedule, all three home. Well, after the Steelers, all three home games and three teams that quite frankly, you know, have looked pretty good in spots, but, and, and maybe it'll be different with Deshaun Watson. This Bengals team looks really bad um right now and maybe they'll kick it into gear there's still obviously a lot of talent there um but they've really shown next to nothing i mean what happened to them today was was a brutal scene um so you know it's going to be the some of the games they're the most expected to win if it keeps going this way obviously you know it could become as i said it becomes closer when watson comes back for the browns but the steelers team with no kenny pickett um their quarterback situation in flux they're they're gonna be um a little bit easier to beat. And as you said, guys are coming back spending. I think it's a great point. It's like the reinforcements are going to kind of continue to come. You saw with Linderbaum this week, that made a huge difference um, just to kind of get guys back. So um, I think they have the ability to, to, to kind of get out and run away with the division if they want to. And I think you're right. And both of you guys are right in saying, I think that's going to come from, <laughs> you know, it used to be that it was really hard to win at M and T bank stadium. It hasn't been really hard to win at M T bank stadium and, And, you know, since the Lamar Jackson, you know, you know, roll through everybody year of a couple years ago, this has not been exactly, you know, a house of horrors for opposing teams. And they've got to make it that again. And the fan base has got to make it that again. You got to, you know, intimidate teams at home. And they have not done that. The road wins have been great. You know, they've they've put on a lot of good performances there. But um, any final thoughts from this, this game from you guys?
1: We hear Roquan Smith, and I think the Browns, you know, beat did the best job to conjure up a little bit of clickbait of Roquan Smith mentioning, you know, hey, we have to go in their house and beat them in front of their wife's and, wife and kids, which was taken out of context. I think a lot of Ravens fans saw that. If not, you know, Google it. You'll find it. But then Roquan Smith after this game, after the Ravens, I mean, they physically harassed the Browns offense. They ran the ball down their throats on the offensive side of the ball Melvin Gordon, Justice Hill, Gus Edwards. I, I, I don't want to say anything poorly. I think got those backs on the Ravens played well. We'll go watch the tape and stuff, but it wasn't like they were making three guys miss either. Like they were just straight up running through them. It was like, you know, flies through shut your mouth, a uh, hot knife through butter, whatever you want to call it, just running right down their throats. So I think there is more ham on the bone still. And what I'm looking to as you're three and one, I think this is a winning football team. I think this is a competitive football team. We mentioned the guys will get back. They do lose Morgan Moses halfway through this game. We'll see what happens with him, but you start to look around and you're like, well, Eric DaCosta really, really always likes to buy at the deadline. He likes to bargain hunt when he knows teams are, you know, pressed to kind of squeeze some juice out of whatever player might be a rental. And You could buy a corner. You could buy a running back. You could buy a, you know, this or that another. So I'm just curious where they're going to look. I think they're going to look somewhere probably on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe a running back. Maybe a Josh Jacobs. Maybe a Jonathan Taylor. Something like that. But at the end of the day, it's just like, man, this offense is built to beat the teams in their division that are building themselves to beat the Ravens and have been. I think the Bengals maybe took that title a little, but I'm just excited. It was fun to watch. And knowing that they're still not at full strength personnel-wise is a testament to how deep and prepared they are week in and week out. They, Whatever you want to say about John Harbaugh, the Baltimore Ravens, they don't play meaningless football. Every game, they are in the game until the end of the game. The Ravens don't get blown out. The Ravens don't play games that aren't for a playoff spot. In the John Harbaugh era, so it was fun to watch. Uh, if you're listening to this, go like, go subscribe YouTube. We're doing film breakdowns, we're doing content. Jake did some really awesome Orioles content too. Uh, make sure to you know support us as we're trying to build up. If if you have the afford- affordability in your commute to listen on YouTube, we would prefer that. But ultimately, it's fun when the Ravens win. We're excited. We get to talk. We get to consume content. Get excited about it when they lose. Maybe we we defer a little bit more. So, but. I think this Ravens team, man, at the end of the day, even if they have those stressful losses, as a fan from the entertainment perspective, even if it's sloppy, they're in every single game over and over. When, when was the last time they got blown out? When was the last time they played a game that wasn't with playoff implications? So enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy Lamar Jackson, who's scintillating. I had fun today. I had fun watching with you guys at Mothers. It was a great time. We'll be looking to do some more live listener, you know, meet up and watch parties and things like that. Brian, thank you for for setting that up. It was a great time. And I'm excited to see what October holds for a team that's 3 and 1, 2 and 0 in their division going to Pittsburgh. Let's get it. It's going to be fun.
0: I have to jump in and say that NBC just did their entire like lead in to the start of the kickoff year with a t- shot of Taylor Swift and then a report from Melissa Stark about how i'm aaron sure you're Rodgers, miserable
1: right now taylor i'm sure you're not enjoying about that
0: how night. but this is great about how aaron Rodgers saw taylor Swift with miles teller and then showed him on the sidelines like in his in his boot like what ridiculous what a ridiculous connection they just made there uh banks go ahead any final thoughts on this game i said that was a wild a wild intro that the NBC
2: just yeah made. no um t- uh spenny covered it pretty well i if i'm just to kind of cover or maybe a couple more things that we just haven't touched on. Like the tackling on the defensive side of the ball continues to be awesome. Especially considering where it was like three years ago. Yeah. The secondary coming in on these, these intermediate and short throws coming in and making tackles, not just making the tackles, but not allowing that extra yard or two that, you know, with, I don't know, tight end or whoever might be falling forward or reaching out to get that extra yard, they're tackling aggressively. Like they're they're pushing people backwards. Like preventing and I, I like I, I loved today that some players, Brandon Stevens and Kyle Hamilton are the two that were rewarded with big plays after just some really sturdy and physical play up to this point, this season, like those guys deserved to get those types of moments. Um, obviously Kyle Hamptons was in, was in garbage time, but um, good to see him. It goes that on the stat sheet, the baby end. goes on the stat sheet. He's played like an animal all season. Um, uh, My, Mallet played fucking awesome. We I mean, were made, talking, that, Brian, we were talking that. about Mallet. He's a little heat-seeking missile. He's okay coming down. There's, in, in, I mean, we got so nipple. many feisty guys in that secondary that, you know, I don't know that we're asking anyone to shoulder, like, a fuck ton, but everyone is just chipping in and just being dudes. And it all starts there in the middle and with the physicality that comes with just the sideline to sideline and fill in the middle, like, fucking queen and – Roquan, they're just out of this world, but you make a really um, good
1: point, Brian. The system feels like it's not putting pressure on any one player to consistently have to make plays. They roll coverage, they disguise, they blitz different guys. It feels like there hasn't been any one player on the Ravens defense that it's like, oh man. You know, it, just as hypothetically it, throwing some Geno Gino stones, having a rough go or, Oh man, mallet. They keep picking in on years mallet. past. We
2: would have guys get picked on. Like they would just single those guys out and just exploit. And we'd be in big trouble because of it. That hasn't happened. Definitely.
1: Definitely. So, well said. And I, I, I kind of want to leave it here. I think, you know, 40 minutes. We'll, we can talk forever. We'll, we'll go watch some Sunday night football. If you're listening, please like, please subscribe. Oh, yeah. Please share this podcast with a friend. We love you guys. We're, we're doing everything we can. Jadeveon Clowney on Roquan Smith after today's win. Roquan is his own man. I have not played with anyone like Roquan in 10 years. No linebacker I've ever played with has been better than him. I have a lot of friends that played with me too at linebacker. They do not have the attitude or intensity that Roquan Smith plays like since I've entered this league. He'll be a big reason why our defense goes the way it goes. Bringing the best out of guys around him, When you have that leader like that, that's going to put it all out there, not just on Sundays, but on Monday, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, and you come to the game and it just rolls over. He rubs off on people. It's contagious. We stick together. Go row. He's a championship
2: football player, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think that ties to
1: your point, Brian. I think that ties to the point. There's not any one guy and there's leadership and accountability and expectations that it feels like this defense maybe didn't have two years ago. So shout out to Roquan Smith, shout out to Patrick Queen, shout out to Mike McDonald. Number one, there. This defense is doing some twisted, jaded, sickening things to offenses right now. And I think to
0: put a bow on that, it's a shutty
2: without that PI call. It's a The shuddy. thing
0: about the thing about the like the tackling too, they are like really setting the tone defensively in a way I can't with the physicality in a way I they haven't in a couple of years too. like the tackling is, is fundamentally sound and there, and there's, there's not a lot of missed tackles, but they're also just, I mean, Thompson Robinson was just getting knocked around in, mm-hmm. in just a, in a violent way, you know, like that's how you set the tone as, as a defense. And I think with those two middle linebackers, that, that's kind of how they're built to, 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 to be that kind of team. So I think you guys summed that up very well. Um, and as you said, Spenny, as we crest the 40 minute mark, we can wrap it up here. Uh, make sure and go back to listen to all the, you know, still relevant stuff said in the podcasts uh, this week. Me, Banks, and RDT did kind of the normal show, did some Orioles talk. Spenny and Jake did the jumbo set, and they'll be back this week to do that. A lot of Orioles content coming, obviously, with the playoffs um, coming up here. Um, we'll be doing, you know, our normal preview shows and then I'm sure some instant reactions after um, the division series and hopefully much uh, farther beyond that as they continue to go. And then the normal weekly stuff jumbo set um, and, and our normal, normal podcast. So um, very much appreciate everyone that came out and supported banks um, at his mother's um, all you can drink. Unfortunately, not a lot of not a lot of juice for people to come out for the Ryder Cup early. Kind of got interesting, um, but. Uh, a good amount of people out there in the back for the Ravens game, so that was very, very enjoy- enjoyable. Good energy um, in Federal Hill for that one, so very much appreciate that. Make sure to follow the podcast NX at Exit52Podcast and all your social media platforms. Make sure to sub uh, the YouTube channel. That is a, a big priority for us, so make sure to subscribe to that. Uh, you can follow all of the podcast peeps. It's running on the screen below you, but I will read it off as well. You can follow Eric at editdi T I twenty two. Um, I mean, he's in cloud nine right now. He's at a T ball game today, so he couldn't join us. Uh, you can follow banks at Barstool Banks. You can follow me at My 10 You can follow Jake at Jake.